from Westside Church in Bend, Oregon. You're listening to Behind the Message. Each week we have a conversation that takes you behind what we teach here at Westside. I'm Ben Fleming. And I'm Evan Earwicker. And today we're going to depart a little bit from talking about messages uh, to talking about worship, and specifically our favorite worship songs of the modern age, if you will, with uh, Pastor Corey Parnell. Our favorite worship Ooh, leader of the modern from age. Heaven yeah. to what? Is. <laughs> um, this is actually something that we talk about probably more than people would expect us to talk about, our favorite 90s and two, early 2000s talking, worship songs. I feel like every time we get together, we're talking about it. And, you and I, especially. Yeah, well, and, yeah. and growing up, you know, there was the middle-aged folks that we'd, we'd kind of be like, oh, they're just into such old music. Why yeah. don't they get with the times? And now we are We those are people. they. Yeah. We yeah. are they. Yeah. yeah. Did I, I, you just went to Passion Conference uh-huh. in Atlanta, yeah. and they, they broke out an old song. Yeah. Oh, that's right. We were talking about this. Yeah. Um, so it was the 25th anniversary of the Passion Conference, and it was, so it was a big deal. It was at the Georgia Dome. I think it seats like, you know, 65,000 people or something like that. And so Chris Tomlin... Um, to commemorate it, decided to bust out, um, uh, I'm forgetting the name of the song. Did, did you feel the mountain? Yes, right. right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, our favorite song of all time. I can't remember the name. Yeah, but hugely exactly. impacting in my life. Um, did you feel the mountains tremble? Yeah. And he set it up and talked about it. He's like this song. I remember the first time I heard this song, you know, it changed the way I viewed worship music in the church. And I thought, man, if, if it can sound like that, maybe, Maybe I could do it. And this is Chris Tomlin. I mean, the mm-hmm. the psalmist of the United States of, you know, yeah. for the last 20 years. Right. Um, so anyway, he let, yeah, he led the song and it was funny to like look out and they'd do the crowd cam and they'd see, you know, they'd see all these uh, like 18, 17, 18, 19 year old kids uh, like not knowing the song. <laughs> right. And right. my brother Casey and I were like on our faces, like, <laughs> yes, Jesus is coming back. Ah! And uh, anyway, it, uh, I don't think it went over as well as they thought it it, it would. Yeah. Uh, really? Yeah, because we're... No one knows it. No one knows it. We're oh, the man. old guys now. Yeah. That song was, I remember, what was it? 98, 99, whatever yeah. it came out. Uh, hearing it for the first time, I mean, it was mind blowing. Like when they get to that chorus, you know, open up the yeah. doors, gates, whatever, whatever yeah. God opens up, you know, He opens them up. <laughs> yeah, just, I, just amazing. It was, I was amazing. At, you know, uh, Evan and I were raised in the same in the same church and sort of a conservative denomination. And I remember we would sing that song and feel like like the fuego, you know, like mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit's mm-hmm. fire yeah. would fall on a bunch of conservative <laughs> kids and like never saw a hand lifted in their lives. Yeah. So. But and what I appreciate about uh, Chris Tomlin, you mentioned him leading that song. Um, I remember the first time I saw him live, he was still unknown. He had just done like one of the passion records, but as the band and not as him. Yeah. And so he's is in 2000 and he was new and uh, it came to the night where he was going to lead. And before him, it was like Matt Redman and Sonic Flood. You remember Sonic Flood? Sonic yeah. Flood. What yeah. happened to they those were guys? All, I, they Probably got, too long yeah. of a story for this podcast. <laughs> but uh, Tomlin's night to lead came, and uh, all these guys had just been pushing like their new records, and it was a massive worship conference. So everyone was bringing like their brand new stuff to try to get people to buy it. And Tomlin gets up there, and he ended up playing none of his new stuff, and he just did stuff that people could follow along, and it, it just. It was so unique to what everyone else was doing, and it was so cool to see that kind of guy then Dude. go on to be like the the mega worship guy of all time. The, you know? the funny thing is, I mean, that's I mean, that's still who he is, and that's what I love about him. I I've been in like the worship scene now for a long time now, the church worship scene, 
and people have like various things to say about him and the simplicity of the way he rides or the chords that he, you know, puts together and things like that. But the the fact of the matter is he is a worship leader that is about the people connecting with yeah. God. He's always been that way. You like you're saying from the very beginning and he hasn't changed and I respect that guy immensely. I think he is I do think he's a psalmist in our generation. Mm-hmm. So on that note, just out of curiosity because I know uh, I've having done worship for a lot shorter than you have a lot of worship leaders and people that are so involved with church music you can get so cynical and uh, really we play if you lead worship you play a song 15 times for every one time somebody in the congregation hears it so for somebody who's gone through all the music and and thought all the things about all the songs that are out there what makes a great worship song in your mind uh it's kind of a big question. Yeah, um, there's so much to it because, again, you're, you're right. People get so cynical. Um, I mean, obviously, I think that the first, the, the primary thing that worship songs should do is to teach people something about God. Um, so their their purpose is theology, right? It's easy. It's a song is an easier to remember sermon. That's that's like all it yeah, is in, in the church. Really, it's. You can't remember the sermon. I bet you can't even a sermon remember a sermon you heard like uh, two weeks ago. You remember sermons I preached two weeks ago. I, I, totally, nobody can. <laughs> yeah. But you can remember the lyrics to "Did you feel the mountains tremble?" You can't remember the title, but you can remember <laughs> the lyrics. You know. Um, so it's got to teach something about God, um, yeah, something good. true, something right. And then I think secondarily, it's uh, it serves the purpose of you know a really great song emotionally connects people to God. Uh, a lot of times, people that that don't have the ability to sort of drum up an emotion about an invisible God on their own, like a, a good worship song uh, does that for somebody, whether it's a, a joyful emotion, like, look what the Lord has done. Like, this is an emotion. It's exciting and fun. Or, you know, and he came to my rescue. Like, that kind of a feeling Yeah, is good. So, I mean, I'm not... I'm not so concerned about this whole argument. Is, is it vertical? Is it only about right. God? Or is it... Horizontal is it talking about us and our struggles? I think it's all worshipful when it's teaching us something about the nature of God and what's connecting us emotionally to Him. Okay, so let's talk about great songs. Okay. Um, like, what are those songs within our lifetimes? Like, we could go all the way back to hymns and, you know, the 1970s, but really like 80s, 90s, 2000s to now. What are those songs that in our mind uh, are, are both memorable, mm-hmm. were hits at the time like yeah. people sang them right like really not just that we personally like, but people sang them and that would hold up today in some way like that they're still being sung or um they have kind of stood somewhat of the test of time even if they're maybe still a little out of style and, now. and were they influential as well yeah. not yeah. just mm-hmm. where they played did they influence church culture but then maybe you know even kind of for extra points did they influence the culture at large? Did they make their way onto you know the Billboard Top 100 mm. for anything? Period or uh, all those criteria? I think are a big part of this whole thing. Yeah, totally. So Corey, get us give us your top. Just start at the top. What is the the biggest, most influential, great worship song of all time? Go. Here I am to worship. Is number one. Number one ever. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think so. I, you, I mean, just, I didn't realize. I'm not silence. disagreeing yeah, with yeah, you. Yeah. I love the song. I just I just think, think it still plays. Dude, I don't know. Like, uh, Tim Hughes tapped into something when he wrote that song. 
um, it's that thing it where it achieves that horizontal or sorry, not horizontal, but everybody knows what I'm talking about when I say that, like it achieves that vertical, like God focused, I'm worshiping you. It's this song is about you thing, but also reflects on the state of man, like light of the world. You came down into this darkness, mm. opened my eyes. So it's a little bit about me, but it's, it's mostly about what God has done in me. Um, and that song, I mean, I think is still on, uh, CCLI's top ten list for sure. Yeah, I and I I would agree that it, it obviously huge song, really great. But you're saying it's better than, for instance, shout to the Lord. I I prefer it to shout to the Lord. But is it as big? I mean, shout to the Lord was performed on American <laughs> Idol like three years ago. I mean, that's that's true. It's huge. My, yeah, and I I'm thinking about all the criteria. Like, does it uh, does it fly today? And 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 that's one of them, right? Will, would it fly and not true. be that awkward today? If I did shout to the Lord this Sunday, people that would be more awkward. You're right. It would be, but here yeah, I am to worship. They'd well. be like, oh, I love this song, and it right. doesn't have some crazy like octave jumpy kind of like vocal it's thing. It's true. not. It's just easy to sing. You can sing it on a Sunday morning, it's full dynamic, band. dynamic, though. It's definitely dynamic. still dynamic. You can sing it um, at your small group, you know, with just a couple people, and it works in all those things. Can you imagine singing Shout to the Lord within just like you and your bros? Like, <laughs> well, I can because I lived through the well, 90s we just where that, we did actually. that constantly. Yeah. Hey, guys, we're having a purity talk, um, and we're going to be singing Different Shout to podcast, the Lord. Different podcast. No, we, we sat on my, in my driveway with a, a car full of dudes and an acoustic guitar, and sang 90s worship songs once, and I'm proud that. of that. that you know, just, I'm, <laughs> I'm proud of you, and, and, and I remember that. Yeah, and you were in <laughs> the car. That, and that you was were in amazing. The car. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think as far as Shout to the Lord is concerned, its influence on the church, I don't know if there's a bigger song mm. that has an influence on the church. Of course, um, we're taking this list away from the hymns. We're not allowing hymns to count because some of them are just too good and too timeless and too forever. But as far as just the influence on the church, it to me felt like everything changed mm-hmm. when Shout mm. to the Lord was released in all those record boxes that my dad always got that went to pastors <laughs> for some reason. And there are songs like that, like Shout to the Lord, that were turning points. And I would put Did You Feel the Mountains Tremble in that category. Totally. Where you you had pretty much mainstream worship in one category, and then a song hits, and all right. of a sudden everybody takes notice and starts to pivot. That whole Delirious album that they had. That yeah. had that Living song in the can, it. baby. Uh, see, I would fight for another Delirious song off that record. Uh, uh, what happy day? friend no. I found. <laughs> uh, Message of the Cross. No, uh, uh, I Can Sing Your Love Forever. Oh, yeah. yeah I mean, that's on my list here. That's yeah. on my list. But the problem with I Can Sing of Your Love Forever, and I'm just going to say it. The bridge. The bridge. It's so awkward, though. And, okay, hey, <laughs> let's take an intimate, slow love song. And I'm sure if Martin Smith was here right now, he would defend this in a very British and diplomatic way. <laughs> He'd be wearing a kilt as he defended it. <laughs> exactly. Like, Is that a British thing? Guys, guys, listen, listen. You don't get it. <laughs> Um, he, for, he, <laughs> please just continue the entire out. podcast. Yeah, that. <laughs> pretty good actually. Um, so, but but it's like you take the slow like song about the love of God, and then the tempo even is just like kind of groove, you know. And then, oh, I feel like dancing yeah. really slow. Have like, you tried to dance to that song? It's foolishness, I know. <laughs> How bad of a dancer are you? <laughs> but when the world has seen the light, oh, it's evangelistic. They will dance with joy like we're slow dancing now. Yeah, it's such a quick turnaround, yeah. too. It like stops and then it builds right back maybe, in. Maybe you could play you it to a waltz. Maybe that would work. 
Yeah. I don't know. I, yeah, let's give it a shot. Yeah. Anyway, but I totally agree that that song just wrecked everything. Like, it, there was just something about it. Just, you know, anointing. That's true. Goodness. Okay, hit us with another song. What else you got on your list? Me? Yeah. Uh, okay, so you know what I put on here was In the Secret. Oh, that we've talked about Speaking this. Speaking of Sonic and Flood. And that has not come up. I was going to say Sonic Flood was the big one. Was that a Vineyard song originally? I think so. In the Secret? I think so. Yeah. I think it yeah. was a Vineyard song, and then they took it and made it kind of punky yeah, for Sonic what Flood. it was at the time. In the Secret. In the Quiet Place. And then they had the Out of Eden chick, you know, singing on it. And it was like, oh my gosh. Now it has some soul all of a sudden. Man, that album, man. Wow. Yeah, that was a good album. But yeah, their version of In the Secret, but In the Secret before that, I still think it's a great song. Yeah. You know? In it my mind, that's song. the same category as, uh, and I, maybe probably not top 10 for me, but uh, Draw Me Close was in that kind of category yeah, of, close on here. of songs mm-hmm. that you could pull out at any setting. Mm-hmm. I mean, a Sunday morning, Bible study, youth camp, whatever, and it would work. Right. Draw Me totally. Close to You, You're All I Want, You're All I've Ever Needed. Yeah. Oh, and then with the, you can go to the end of that second chorus and take it up a key. Yeah. Let me know you are near. And all of a sudden, everybody just falls down. They need modesty cloths everywhere because of (laughs) the key change. Hey, I got one. Whatever happened to the key change, by the way? The key change died. What happened to it? It was such a big deal for so long. Did we get lazier or did we realize it was too gimmicky? Uh, both yeah both for me yeah. I, mean, I would I just, say it worked sometimes like with that song i think it worked well i mean just oh, man, now you everything. felt you felt the fire oh, yeah. I did. Like, with that key yeah, change. we did it with every, every song on the table here you, you can yeah. key change every song to get that lift towards the end you know yeah hey i have one for you okay, okay. um but i'm gonna see if you can guess it by the, my beatboxing okay <laughs> hungry oh hungry wow yeah, the- yeah. <laughs> Easy. I don't oh. even think I beatboxed it yeah. correctly. Give me something difficult, okay? And maybe I won't be able to guess it. Hungry. Easy. Dude, that, okay, so that Vineyard record, the Hungry record, changed my life. Mm. I'm not a fan of the Hungry song. I like, I, well, I'm, oh, I'm okay with it. It drops at the chorus, and that has always really, really bothered me. And I kind of appreciate that they went a different direction than a lot of people go, but it just doesn't work. Man, so ben, you might as well you. have just cussed on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't talk down to the song. I probably shouldn't have dropped it that fast. It's a beautiful so song. I wait yeah. for you. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. so amazing. Is that okay. Catherine Scott? Catherine Scott. Oh, and she's still singing song. and writing, and, and she's amazing. Great song. Catherine Scott, if you're listening, <laughs> we, we love reach to have out to us. We want to bring you on the podcast and talk about Hungry. Because it's a great song. She's Irish, I think. Mm. So she'd mm-hmm. come on and be like, hard it, hard it, hard. <laughs> Again, your, your accents are spot on. It's like yeah, someone else right joined now. this podcast. Yeah, That's no, amazing. I have a skill. <laughs> Um, hungry, great other songs on that um, on that particular Child record of God. too. Child of God, Beautiful. humble, humble King. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, there's no one like our God. Yeah, no one had. That was another record wow. that was kind of a turning point. I think. Oh, that was a different record. Uh, no, that was. I don't. I, I was can't on remember. There. I just know there was a lot of Penny Whistle. Yeah, but that was a, that was a fresh sound, and that's what was. I appreciate about yeah, some of these records. It really was. Like whether or not the songs were all that singable, and I would I would say that some of those songs in that record just didn't fly real well in a corporate setting yeah. in a church setting 
But man, these these albums were just so fresh and unique. They weren't mm-hmm. just bandwagon, you know, worship records. Totally. I I would uh I would be wrong to not mention, I think, Blessed Be the Name. Mm-hmm. It's a big one. Dude. That's still top ten on CCLI? Top I think top twenty. Let me look here. Yeah, top ten played every week. Yeah. 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 I mean, and I think that song, uh Matt Redman's always been brilliant lyrically and and everything but that song in particular i think gave the church um a voice um talk about that bridge Mm. you give and take away that was like taboo kind of stuff right to sing about yeah well no 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 i even know i heard about a church who just it was kind of like a prosperity gospel kind of type of church you know and um and they changed that lyric to you give and make away Oh, Because nice. they just couldn't bring themselves <laughs> to sing that in spite of the fact that, you That's know, they're not liable. <laughs> and that their, li- their own personal lives were falling apart. But <laughs> like, no, 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 no. So yeah. obviously that's a different podcast as well. But I think it was bold of him to write that bridge. And it gave people that were walking through pain, you know, mm-hmm. a voice. Mm-hmm. And, and again, taught them something about the nature of God. It's, yeah. So Yeah, the and, theology being important. That was yeah. when we were even thinking about that the other day, because you're right, to give and take away, it was like, it's kind of a big theological statement. Mm-hmm. To drop is just a bridge, and it did. It kind of made a roadway for people to start to access that. Or at least start a discussion. Yeah, exactly. You know? Start a discussion. And to have an up, upbeat song that um, really attacks any kind of big theology is is tough. A lot of times, like the more upbeat you get, the more bubblegum the lyrics can be. So yeah. when, if you get like, weighty material tough, period. in an upbeat song, like and it, and it actually works, like people sing it. Yeah. Um that's that's something. Yeah, I wrote a fast song one time called um Trinitarian Theology. <laughs> and and I was like Trinitarian Theology. It kind of like a spoken word yeah. thing. It didn't it yeah. didn't catch on. I don't have the same touch as Matt. Apparently. Strange. Speaking of Matt Redman, what about Ten Thousand Reasons? More recent now, but um I, I think it's the amazing grace of our generation. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. That's good. A big statement. I do. I uh, remember uh, recently when those guys, there was two guys that um, were put to death um, as some nation in the South Pacific. I'm, I feel terrible for forgetting right now, but they had um, been dealing drugs, and it was in a, in a in one of those nations where dealing drugs is death penalty. Yeah, they were they had drugs on their in their baggage yeah. or whatever, and they were passing through or something, and they got and they caught, got detained, and and, yeah. um, and they both, I guess, this, uh, they both ended up. Um, uh, deciding to follow Jesus when they were in prison. And the day that they were lined up at that, uh, um, uh, to, you know, to be shot, I think that was how they, their death penalty worked there. Um, they were singing 10,000 mm. reasons as they were killed. And, um, and then more recently in my own life, I, I sang that I sang my father-in-law home to heaven when he passed away from ALS, um, singing that song. And, um, I mean, it's it's everything you want a worship song to be. It reminds you of God's nature, and um, shoot, I just went deep. Yeah, yeah, Boom. yeah. That's good though. Um, yeah, that song that song's gonna be sung for for a thousand a thousand years. But that one yeah. really does wrap it all up. It it has a timeless kind of melody and sound to it, as well as a really deep theological set of lyrics and it's really singable at the same time. Yeah. It doesn't seem like you encounter kind of all three of those things at once. That's amazing. Really mm-hmm. there. So why don't, why don't more fast songs become 
an integral part of the culture of the church. It seems like anymore. It seems honestly, at least in my life, I joke about fast songs a lot more than I actually think, Oh my gosh, that song just changed my life. You know, why is that? Well, I'm just stuttering now, but the thing is, I think a lot of times fast songs capture a certain style of music that is maybe more temporary in its style. Like if you think back some of the big fast songs, yeah. Um, if you like, you know, you sang Lord, I lift your name in high. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, what was that punk styled song that you brought take up? Take it all. Take it all. Yeah. These da, are kind of, they, they kind of capture a moment in time where I th- I don't think slow songs have to do that as much. A little more timeless. That's yeah. True. That's a good point. Um, and also I think that fast songs, um, for whatever reason can come across if the cultural context is not right, mm-hmm. they can come across disingenuous. Right. Like, uh, we don't actually, we're singing like, celebrate, Jesus, celebrate. <laughs> but we're not like, our culture isn't like that celebratory of a culture, you know, mm-hmm. um, or something like that. So it comes across like you don't really mean what you're singing and um, it makes people feel kind of like not relaxed and, mm-hmm. and like something, like things are forced. So to come across a fast song that makes people like engage, you know, emotionally, even if that's a happy emotion, yeah. um, happily. Yeah. And not feel awkward and stuff is kind of a miracle. Like I, I, I have yet to write a song like that. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, oh, mighty to save. Yeah, mm. classic mid tempo. Yeah, has the energy of a uh, but of a fast song, but uh, mid tempo kind of feel and huge. I'm trying. Why is that song? Why was it so big though? I don't know, but it was huge. Yeah. I mean, we even play it to this day. Uh, if we're traveling and leading worship, yeah, like just because so many people know it, like regardless oh, yeah. of if we're like this is the best song, we just know everyone's gonna know this song if we play it. Still, right? Yeah, which is crazy because yeah, it's kind of wordy. It's one of those ones that I've gotten tired of mm-hmm. playing and singing, but it seems like most people haven't. It can you can plug it into any worship. It still it doesn't feel awkward. Or CCLI anything. number eight still today. Yeah, amazing. You know what? You know what? I have noticed, and I love this. I love this. So that song ends with. He rose and conquered the grave. Mm-hmm. Jesus conquered the grave. Mm-hmm. Resurrection songs are always huge. That's true. And I, you know what? I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that because what it, it shows is that the church is still excited about the idea that Jesus rose from the dead, which is like, again, as Paul put it, like... It's the thing. It's everything. Yeah. You know, if, if he did not rise from the dead, then eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die. <laughs> and so <laughs> it's just, I mean, it's amazing. And I, lo- I love, I think maybe that's probably why Mighty to Save is, is, you know, what it is. It's got kind of that dynamic into the bridge too. You know, it's got a nice build and shine light and let the whole world. And I think mm-hmm. part of the reason is timeless. I've heard a lot of different versions of it and you can make it almost more punky and you can slow it down too. You mm-hmm. can put it in almost any, you can put it in a small group in your living room or you could play it in a youth service. That's it too, dude. It it's that here I am to worship thing. Yeah, right. It can be huge or it can be intimate, you know, and that's yeah. a sign. I mean, that's just a sign of a really well-written Melody, I think, mm-hmm. and and I, I think topically uh, that chorus of what God can do, what He is capable of, man, that is worshipful. When you try to connect with the greatness yeah. of God in a way um, that mel- melodically kind of has a hook and it works, that combo is pretty powerful. Totally, dude. You remember what uh, there, this song here? Let me let me see here. Oh yeah, amazing love. Mm. How yep. can it be? 
for like five years. But you that was king die for me. the response song. I, I don't know. even think we thought about that when we put together a top ten list. Did no, we? amazing. Is love on there? Love, man. I th- it's probably yeah. been covered like there's probably thirty different you know Christian artists that have covered that huge. song. Yeah, just, just a huge song. Well, people are still throwing it in too. It's kind of like a bridge sometimes that people are adding on to other songs, which mm-hmm. I think is a good it's good evidence that a song is is lasting the test of time. You know, I just thought all of my singing on this podcast is probably making people really nervous about the worship that takes place at like <laughs> is that, is, that guy's really the guy that sings? He beatboxes too though. It I makes up never, for the singing. I would never go to that he church. Sounds after terrible. Hearing that. Yeah. He sounds terrible. Yeah. Okay, I, we're missing what I would say is the biggest modern worship hit of the last three decades. What? We're, we haven't even talked about it. Okay. I'm going to drum roll. Hold on. I'll beatbox drum roll. Okay. The biggest song. How Great Is Our God? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, it just, you, you, can't, you can't write a bigger song. You guys want to sing that in three-part harmony How right Great now. Is Our God? Um, <laughs> Dude, totally. And, and the, however you feel about it, doesn't matter. There is no other song um, that is bigger than this song. Everyone knows it. People are singing it around the world every week. Yeah, dude. And they did a version. There was a version they re- released recently where um, they had like six or seven different languages. It's on YouTube. It's amazing. It's like called "How Great Is Our God" international version, and it's just like, oh, it's staggeringly beautiful. Yeah. You know, yeah, and I, you know, I must. I'm just going to applaud Chris Tomlin again right now because he put Godhead. That's true. The term Godhead hard to get Trinitarian doctrine, yeah. as you know, he, no, into a, a challenge. <laughs> yeah, no, I still think Trinitarian uh, evangel philosophy is <laughs> that's the full name of the song. Trinitarian evangelism philosophy is is going to be a big hit. Yeah, yeah, no, I think it's going to be good. So. Well, that's the, the bridge. The song is made by the bridge, though, right? Yeah. I think, man, the name above all names, he's worthy and, of and, all praise. And much like uh, uh, Lord, I Need You, the simplicity of the chorus and the singability of the chorus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Both totally. those songs, they're so well known now uh, just because they're so easy to catch on to. I mean, the chorus, you could, you know, you don't have to know English to sing along. Mm. Trembles at his voice, the darkness dressed. Oh, my so good. Gosh, man. So good. Yep. Yep. So, all right. Yeah. I ha- I don't know, dude. I have like twelve more. Hit us up because there's one. I'm curious if this is on your list, so I'm I'm gonna let you read off. Just read off a few of them. Just okay. Just I'm just gonna hit you. Yeah. I'm gonna hit you. Okay, so came to my rescue. Mm-hmm. Okay, I Hillsong love United. That song in my life. Yeah. be lifted high. Oh, I mean, that's a top five song ever for me. Totally, without a doubt. Beautiful, um, nuanced. Mm-hmm. The melody's nuanced. Um, and dang that the I think that was the birth of the power bridge. Came to my rescue, like after came to my rescue, may, yeah. maybe a little bit before that, yeah. but I don't know. That's when everybody said, well, we, we can't write the a song without a, song. a power bridge. Yeah. If you exactly. don't have a power yeah. bridge, then no one will worship. Because before that, it was all, oh, I feel like dancing. It's foolishness right now. <laughs> it's like, no, let's bring that way down. <laughs> Not a power bridge. <laughs> let's make the bridge big. <laughs> Not a power and bridge. We've been doing it ever since. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um, your love is extravagant. Oh, Daryl Evans. Yeah, and I don't wow. know if it fits the criteria. I haven't even thought about that yeah. song. I don't think it fits the criteria. I, I Good song, though. I wouldn't put it on top 10, but that, that, was, a, that was a big, meaningful song for me personally. Totally. Me too. Uh, better is One Day. Oh, oh Man, my we, gosh. Can we just worship for a while? We can. Let's just, the four of us. <laughs> that go drum watch. intro, though. Yeah. Better is One Day, dude. Okay, so uh, we said Draw Me Close. Oh, 
so another tall one, but enough. Your all brains, of you, yeah. no, all oh, of you yeah, yeah. is more than enough for all of me. That's a great song. Uh, what else? I put okay, Majesty, another delirious throwback. You guys remember the bass line in Majesty? Oh, yeah. I was thinking about the Majesty, worship is Majesty. Okay, no. And that is Ye- not no, a, but yes. Yeah, that's Jack, a great song. Jack Hayford. Freaking Jack Hayford. Hayford. Yep. Oh, that song's great. Speaking of songs that you can attach to any other song ever, that is one. Well, that I and, just and we're Foursquare, so anything Jack Hayford is kind of <laughs> like Holy Ground. Extra points. You know? right. Yeah. And speaking of Holy Ground, another great one. Yes. Was that? We're standing on Holy Was that 80s? That, was, that had to be that was like 70s, surely. Yeah, no, I, that's out of I the criteria. Know. Okay, my last one, um, and it may not fit as well but i literally started singing this song last night and uh, my wife and i d- both got teary-eyed for you are good you guys remember that song you are good and you're no no i cry out for your yep. hand of mercy to heal me i am weak oh wow Lord, i need your love forever. to free me oh lord my rock my strength and weakness come rescue me oh lord May I go on? For you yep. are my hope, and your promise never fails yeah, yep, me. Yep, yep. For you are good. For you are good. That's good. And we love that one. Yeah. Wow. <clears throat> the song um, that didn't come up on your list, but I, I would. I told you last time we talked about this that I would die on this hill. Yeah, and I don't get it. Oh song. my gosh! You don't it's agree? It's a good song. I can't wait. Okay, it's a good let, song. I'm just gonna turn up. Uh, it's playing right now. I'm gonna turn it up and see if just in the first few seconds you can guess what this song is. Okay, I mean, that, that, that gave it away. <laughs> this song is huge. Balash, dude. Yeah, Paul Balash. It was huge. Balash, Balash. 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 Yeah, anyway. Balash. I mean, listen to it. It's got energy, but it's smooth. It's not jarring. And you could, again, every uh, Sunday morning. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, this thing was. Get it. This thing was massive. Boom. Get it, Paul. I'm not uh. saying it's a bad song. I'm just saying I would put 10 other ones above it. I just. It's I love. I literally led that song two weeks ago, at at a, like a prayer gathering, and and again, dude, it just everybody was just in it to win it all and, of a sudden. And here's why I would fight for it. It's old, right? It's got to be twenty years old now, fifteen mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah, and uh, still top twenty five, being sung to this day. It's one Man. of those that just lasts and lasts and lasts. I have an ongoing inside joke with a certain member of our congregation. A, a close friend of mine. His name is Aaron. We used to sing it a lot. We used to sing this song a lot. And he told me that that I have a tendency to emphasize an invisible letter when I sing Open the Eyes of My Heart, Lord. The invisible letter being the W before open. Open. Yeah. yeah. So open the eyes of my heart, Lord. <laughs> open the eyes. And so Every time I sang that song, I'd look out and see him staring at me, yeah. shaking his head. Yeah, Corey, the W is silent in the word open, okay? <laughs> the w it's a well-known silent. fact. So after all this, what's the greatest What's the greatest worship song ever? What's Okay, let's go around the table. Give our vote. And if, you're, if you want to send in um, your top, if we haven't, haven't mentioned um, your top pick for these worship songs as a listener, send them in. I don't even know how to do that. We don't have an email address or anything. Just find <laughs> us them, and uh, give yeah. it to us. We want to hear. Yep. Address it to Santa yeah. uh, 111 North Pole Drive. <laughs> <laughs> but Ben, number one song of all time, go. I have to go with Shout to the Lord. 
for the biggest reason being that it just shifted the worship culture and the sound of it all so dramatically. Mm-hmm. There you um, go, Darlene. Yeah, exactly. You've got your biggest fan over here. <laughs> Darlene, hit me up. We want you for the podcast too. But yep. shout to the Lord. It's got to be shout to the Lord. All right. For me, it is How Great Is Our God. I just don't think you can write a, a bigger, more impacting worship song uh, than that one has been for people all over the world. So that's mine. Corey? My, 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 my. <laughs> you guys, you're really asking, big a, decision okay, you're for asking you. a worship pastor what his favorite yeah. song of all time well, is. And then we want to know who your favorite son is of your children. So no, but it kind of feels oh, like that. Right? It feels like that. Yeah, I can't. I, I'll, I'll finish by saying this. My, my, the, the song that has impacted me the most, uh, I don't think it is the, Whatever. That's such Based a Based on our Christ. I know, I know, I know. Okay, and I love Shout to the Lord, and I love How Great Is Our God. And I'm, I still think that my Trinitarian um, song is going to really be big. Um, <laughs> it's going to be bigger than Shout to the Lord. Trinitarian theology is a hit. Okay? I'm so glad that we can promote that today. Totally. So, yeah, in record stores soon, because record stores are still a thing. <laughs> um, there's a song on that Delirious record, uh, Martin Smith, Lord, You Have My Heart. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, man. Yeah, I love that song. And, man, I know it doesn't fit the criteria or anything. That's my answer. It's my favorite worship song ever. Okay. All right. Well, um, this is great being with you, Corey. So thanks for oh, coming. Thanks for today. having me, guys. Yeah. Uh, this has been Behind the Message. Uh, for more, check us out at westsidechurch.org, and we'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.